Hey guys, welcome to Mirabel Safe Space where I talk about any and almost everything. I'm your host Mirabel and on today's episode I have two lovely guests with me, um Tochuku and Efe. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you for having us. Lovely to be here. Okay, so um first of all I apologize for not um putting out any content or any yeah, any content for the past how many weeks? It's been a while but there has been classes and i've been busy but um today on today's topic we'll be talking about relationship with our parents and just to give a a background about me like i've stated earlier in my podcast i am nigerian and i will let the guys talk about their own backgrounds so yeah the topic for today is um relationship with our parents do you want to start first if you give us a background of um where you grew up, um, where you were born, just that. We'll start with that and then we'll move over to Tochuku. I like his uh, very guilty smile. <laughs> you guys the, keep picking up on me. The, <laughs> so for me, um, I'm Nigerian as well. Uh-huh. Full-blooded Nigerian, but um, in the Nigerian community, <laughs> <laughs> um, you have to, it's not good enough to be fully-blooded Nigerian. Mm if you're not born there. So I was the first in my family actually to be born here in the US. Okay. Uh, my parents actually won a visa lottery in 1998. Okay. And then uh, my mom came here in 1999 uh, when she was nine months pregnant with me. So two weeks after she came, she had me here. Um, so we, I used to, we're, I was born in, in California. I used to live there for a little bit, but basically okay. raised in Arizona for most of my life. Okay. The middle of... Um, five kids so two older brothers two younger sisters oh. and my two younger sisters were as well born here in the u.s okay interesting um tochuku what's you that's such a detailed um history i don't know back on right, I know, right? <laughs> um i am born and raised in in lagos nigeria um i am the second child and the first son and i moved to the u.s when i was 16 to start college and um and i've been here ever since pretty much yeah still going to school how old are you uh how how He's young am i well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah because you say ever since how long is ever okay since? i've been i've been here since 16 but i'm 21 now so okay five years pretty oh, much that's interesting yeah and i think i met you my sophomore year yeah yes i think that was my first year yeah in school but I, I, I didn't talk about that part. You guys give a background about where you were born. I think I said that already. But um, another thing I wanted to talk about, aside from the background, was how do you think growing up, if for you, how do you think growing up in California, Stroke, um, Arizona, how do you think that affected you? Because I remember you said something about you not being born in Nigeria isn't enough. Because we were in the midst of Nigerians who were born in Nigeria, they feel like it's not enough to be Nigerian. So, how do you do you think that affected you in any way? A hundred percent. How? Hundred percent. For me, I think um, it's caused. I don't know about my siblings, but it's definitely caused me to be more independent, mm-hmm. in the sense of like there are different levels of independence in different areas. But um, in terms of uh, acceptance mm-hmm. and not necessarily caring, because I used to not really, sometimes it, as well, you know, we do the same thing here. So growing up here, my parents are really traditional, more traditional than most people that are coming from uh, Nigeria today. So a lot of the things we would do, a lot of the things they would say, people would be like, ah, what are you guys, what's wrong with you guys? Like, uh, it's not like that anymore, but that's how um, they were. So my parents were both, my dad was born 1960, right mm-hmm. before Nigerian independence, mm-hmm. uh, or right after actually, same month. My mom, 1962. So to give you kind of an era or an idea, the era that they're from and their kind of thinking. So very strict gender roles, kind of things like that. And, you know, uh, coming here, I grew up on all the same um, kind of things like that. But then also the early 2000s, Nigerian music, grew up on Dibanj, grew up on Style Plus, grew up on everything we watched. Nollywood more than anything else. Uh, back <laughs> when my dad would have them on the CDs, uh-huh. and you know, there's part one to eight. So, so that's how we always have. Um, so 
I had all the culture there, uh-huh. but then it's like uh, the perfect kind of blend of Nigerian culture plus American culture because you can kind of see the way that um, uh, things, you know, the way that other people think yeah. and other people's experiences. So for me, it's I've become like the what I used to joke about where it's like the light skinned black guys, the way I describe it. Mm-hmm. You're not black to the black community the light-skinned black person you're like oh okay you're you guys are always inside the house the slave house you know you never you weren't out here picking cotton with us you weren't (laughs) this you were you were the better treated of the master but then you're not white either white Mm -hmm. people see you as oh you got one drop of black blood and you're not white so it's kind of like that fight between i say all nigerian americans or Mm -hmm. nigerians born outside of nigeria experience the same thing and ironically other cultures are the same ask a mexican because i used to joke about them oh a mexican that was born here oh you're not really mexican mm-hmm. i didn't know how much that affected yeah, them until it's like you in there and you're like oh wow so it's not good enough to have the passport because yeah. i have dual citizenship it's not good enough to understand the culture and be through mm-hmm. and through it's like just one little thing people use to outlier and to be honest now that you say that i feel like i don't feel like i know i'm guilty of that i'm guilty of being like Oh, where were you born? Oh, okay. And it's not like I'm intentionally saying that the person is not Nigerian enough. I just feel like there are some experiences that someone would have there. And obviously, you won't have it. But it doesn't mean that they're not Nigerian enough. It doesn't determine that. And I only started learning this just a few years ago, (laughs) to be honest. But before, I used to be like, yeah. Yeah. Remember when I said I can tell when somebody wears it just Mm -hmm. like that? But I think Mirabel, so that, I think that's the way we sympathize, like, because we, we that are coming from Nigeria, mm-hmm. our struggle is that we wish we were born in America. Yes, and so that's like it. we use that as a defense mechanism to pull people down. Like, okay, well, you're born here, happy for you, but at least you're not that Nigerian because you haven't exactly like, we lived the there. Defense mechanism, like, but yeah. really, we want to be born here too. <laughs> exactly, just we just we <laughs> want to be you, but we don't want to admit it. Yeah. But I think the more I've lived in the U.S. and all I've become i've i've uh, english i'm understanding that it's not in my place to say certain things and i am i'm i'm talking to myself i'm having more conversations with myself i'm not going crazy but you know i'm doing i'm having all these thoughts and i'm like okay you're not supposed to do this this is wrong calling myself out basically and admitting that this was wrong um tochiko so you were born in lagos but you moved here in 2018 2018 when you're 16 years old because of school and how would you say growing up in nigeria and then moving here when you're 16 how was the was there any culture shock there was a lot um how did they affect you if it did if it did My experience, my experience was kind of skewed because when I moved here, I was I I, I stayed in a dorm mm-hmm. and I had a roommate, so that was like my first year here. And um, when it comes to culture shock, it would be just the mannerism here, like people's manners here. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember one class I was taking, and and the teacher was teaching about something related to the society and how social media plays a role in it. And she was using Trump as an example. Uh. And the student raised their hand up and said, could you just, could you not talk about Trump anymore? Could you use another example? Oh. And the lady, the professor, started stammering the rest of the class and everybody was laughing at her. Are you serious? I'm serious. Your audacity. I was like, whoa. <laughs> so that was like the first, like people here are so entitled. Freedom of speech yeah. is real. But the reason why I said mine was scared is because my roommate too was from China and i was not only experiencing american culture shock i was experiencing his own culture shock because he would sleep naked and we're in the same room so and he was like you know i asked him like you know is this like is this a thing in china from beijing he's from beijing okay and he was like yeah that's what he does in beijing and i was like you know what he doesn't cover with duvet or anything you know funny thing is that he would he i i would sleep and when i wake up The first thing I'll see will be his butt, and I, I don't see any of that part. Thank God, but I that's that was, I was like, okay, no, this is not normal. 
Um, so that's why I said he was cute. Like I had to go through. Like he is also shocking me to the whole current time. I wanted to say something initially, but you know, to the difference between me here and me in Nigeria is I'm more independent. Like when I came here, I didn't know how to cook, mm-hmm. and how bad it was is that I remember cooking chicken for the first time, and I thought I was, you're meant to wash chicken with soap. Thank God I googled it. I literally googled how with, to use with like dish soap. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes. I googled it <laughs> and I was like, said words. <laughs> <laughs> that's how how like everything was done for me. Like they'll cook for me. Like my mm-hmm. sisters would give me. I if they don't want to cook, I might bribe them with like money. So, but when I came here, there's nobody to bribe, so I had to learn how to cook myself. Oh yeah. my gosh. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to like not talk about my own experience. Yeah. But for me, I came here when I was 17 and I came here by myself. And when I got here, I think I I saw a lot of American movies growing up. So I felt like I already have an idea of what America is. But then going to high school here, I would see like couples, you know, kissing by the sidewalk and all of that stuff. I'm like, you guys, you don't fear God. (laughs) Even if you don't fear your teachers. But then after high school and then I went back to Nigeria, I came back here and started the U of A. It was, I would say I had trauma from it, not because of the culture shock, but because of my personal experience with how I came into the U.S. a second time. That was how I had trauma. Nothing really surprised me aside from the whole um, LGBTQ and the way kids would be so disrespectful i mean we knew back home that kids here were disrespectful but mm-hmm. i mean i don't mean like all american kids i mean just what they show us back home what do you mean by what do you classify by disrespectful in the sense that like what he said the the student said uh i don't want you to talk you about can't, you can't tell one as disrespectful it's kind that of was of, that yeah. was disrespectful because first of all i'm your teacher I'm not here to um what's it called? I'm here to teach, if that makes sense. And that's just the that's just how we are brought where um, I was brought up anyways. But I didn't have a lot of culture shock. Um yeah, I think that's it for me. And then the next question I wanted to ask, I think this one is really interesting for me, was do you think that your parents made any mistake in raising the way they they raised you um now that you're more independent do you think they did anything i'm not saying they were perfect or anything but do you think there was one thing they did and you're like i'm not going to do this with my kids no you go first you wouldn't allow me to think uh, oh i can go first my answer is really simple what oh yeah, is okay. It? okay so i was trying to explain to somebody the other day that um people are raised differently and it's based on the sacrifices each person wants like each parent wants to make for example when i was growing up my dad was working a lot mm-hmm. and my mom would take care of us so he didn't really spend time with us as mm-hmm. much because he owned this business so was working and i'm happy he did because he's able to provide like, provide the money and keep up with my living but at the same time i wish he spent more time it's more of like understanding the context like he that's the way he thought and i respect it mm-hmm. um but that's and also like you know we always have those gender roles but i'm pretty happy with the roles i had to play because my house we had the the guys wash the cars the girls wash the dishes mm-hmm. and then we take turns washing the toilet and all those so i think it was balanced because the girls didn't even want to wash the cars and I didn't want to wash dishes. So <laughs> I don't know. And who was doing the cooking? Uh, that's a long story. <laughs> um but yeah, I think I think I loved the way I was raised. I looked I felt like when I look at pictures, I'm always happy in them. I, they try to make us comfortable and mm-hmm. that was my uh, my mom's favorite. Uh, yeah. Want to start from I'm to write. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You think you are, you actually are. No, I I know I am because like Every time she needs someone to help her with anything, it's me she comes to first. Like, I remember ironing her clothes because my, my, my siblings burnt her clothes so she doesn't trust them. Or like for chores, she's like, oh, Derek, just go up. Look, she doesn't call you Derek. No, she doesn't call me Derek. You know what? You're exposing me. <laughs> I'm going to say Derek. <laughs> I 
couldn't even call him myself Derek. See how, see how you said it with such confidence too. As if your mom will actually call you Derek. Nigga, do you know my name is Derek in the US? Oh my gosh. Okay, so like, oh, Derek, go get this for me and I would know where to find it. So I know, like, you know, I think that also changed my experience growing up. Mm-hmm. I can find my way in and out of things. But yeah, I loved the way I was growing. I just have to, I'll definitely change my dad spending more time, but that's the only thing I would okay. do. So I'll like sacrifice work for yeah. family time. I think for me, there are a few things, but the problem is as you grow, I think the thing starts to change True. and you start to judge them a little bit less because i think like once you're an adolescent and you're you know finally leaving you you've already seen all the problems and all the things like oh how they weren't good enough in this area that area they didn't spend enough time they didn't buy you the things that you wanted on time they didn't do this they didn't do that but then the older you get and especially for me my parents are more of the foundational sacrificial generation in terms of me and my siblings so coming here they're almost like the ellis island type of you're the first generation and what you're doing is just setting the foundation for generations to come but you're never really going to be able to put your foot on the ground and just instantly become open up your own practice become a lawyer do this do that because there's so much you have to overcome my dad was a a bank manager when he left Mm -hmm. and you know the head of he's already been a bank manager of multiple banks so he worked his way up and then you know you're coming here and starting all over again um in a way that you know oh you have an accent now oh you're older now you have kids now and all this it's not going to be the same so i mean there are some things that i think i wish they would do but i think it's less towards us and more for themselves Mm -hmm. like their own relationship with each other i wish they were more but then i wasn't there when they were they were younger so i mean my my content and my perspective is a little bit skewed but i wish they were more loving for with each other and kind of put each other before putting us in that kind of perspective i like the way that we have one auntie and uncle here that um there was a time the husband uh, the daughter the eldest daughter got into a fight with the mom and then you know the typical thing is you're expecting that okay somebody the dad's gonna come to the child's rescue kind of thing like that and the daughter was older than you know 20s and he warned the daughter said look this is my wife before before you she was yeah after you she is this is the person i have don't ever disrespect your mom like that ever again and i love that I love that because it's kind of putting like I still love you as my child but this is my person first yeah. I have more you know not to say you wish death on any children or anything like that but it, to me I feel like the death of a spouse is harder to cope with than the death of a child that's just me personally mm-hmm. so it's that I wish they had that closer relationship between themselves more effective communication <laughs> spend more time together because I feel like sometimes you can feel like the kids are what's holding people together rather than their own relationship and depth that was very like in depth and definitely like that's definitely old school kind of talk it is it is and i i can relate to it a little bit but i feel like we're going to come back to that but um for me if there is anything i'd i don't even know if there was anything i would want to change because my mom and dad are like very opposites so my dad believes that women should be educated more than men even he doesn't believe that a woman's place is in the kitchen and i'm the only girl so growing up when my mom would have my younger brothers she'd be like maribel go and wash the place maribel come and stay in the kitchen and cook with me all this kind of stuff my dad would be like no maribel has exams maribel go and read maribel go and sleep he never let me wash plates not just me and my siblings he's like don't wash plates all you have to do is go to school and pass and become a medical doctor and do that but then my mom was more of school is important but you also need to have you need to know how to at least cook wash plates be domesticated and then it's funny that now that i think about it my dad sent me to boarding school because he said my mom was enslaving me in the kitchen and he was like no I, he would he would hire people to come and wash our clothes for us and all like we had people washing all our clothes the cooking my mom was doing the cooking but all this to say that he he didn't have a very 
um comfortable life growing up and so he was doing his best to see that his kids were comfortable he didn't see it as spoiling us in any way but my mom was more you still have to learn how to do this regardless and now that i look back and i think about it growing up i used to think my mom was not my real mom and i've told that this several times because my mom used to beat the shit out of me oh my gosh and she would say it she would say among all her kids i was the one she hit the most because we were five (laughs) we used to be five i had an older brother me and then three younger brothers and it was just me the only girl but then i lost my older brother and then i lost my youngest brother so now it's just three of us and she was like you're my only girl you're my firstborn you're my first daughter you have to be disciplined so she will she hit me so much i used to cry and meet my dad and be like are you sure my mom is not gone like i would legit ask my dad and he would be like my friend, shut up your mouth <laughs> get out but i also noticed that the older i got like after secondary school high school after that she wouldn't hit me as much she started traveling you know she would travel out for her business and whenever she comes back i don't know what it was but she felt like hitting kids at a certain age has to stop and you have to every kid it depends on the child you don't have to hit every child and I'm sure that when people in the US hear this now, they'll be like, oh, that's abuse. But that's what I was going to say. Yeah, they'll be like, oh, yeah, that's abuse. But to be honest, it's not abuse in a way. It depends, though, on the type of beating. But you guys know what I mean when it's Nigerian mm. parents. Hey, exactly. So my question was, I, I feel like everybody says that. But is it because the kid is now stronger that they can't hear them anymore? <laughs> <laughs> um, believe in no, them. No, I so, think it's because the child becomes like... It's like you do the same thing mm-hmm. and it's like a bacteria or antibiotics. They become immune to it. The, so yeah, you exactly. have like, there were so many tactics growing up, like even not only us because we, we were good children, but our cousins that mm-hmm. we have from here, you know, they put your hand in the freezer. When you know they're going to flog you or do something, put your hand in the freezer, get your hand numb or something like that. Oh my gosh, so that, you guys were you know, smart. <laughs> or, you know, all these different workarounds that, you know, obviously the padding, they can kind of figure it out, but yeah. there are a lot of different workarounds that you can do. And cool. even after a time, when the child says, Shabi is only to beat me. Mm-hmm. Beating gonna isn't going to do it. anything yeah. again. But then I think it also depends on the child because I, for one, I'm scared of beating, but I got to the point where I'm like, yeah i'm going to cry and whatever but then i i'm glad that my mom was able to see that you don't beat a child for long periods of time there are times you have to talk to the child and the child will listen but my dad was just like whoop them and the funny part was my mom doesn't my mom will hit me more than she hit my brothers and then my dad will hit my brothers and will not touch me and will just talk to me so i was like huh what's going on here but anyways um for think i answered that question yes and i also wanted to touch on this so depending on the kids flogging kids depends on the kind on the child you're talking to because my younger brother for example my mom would hit him so much he would fall sick and then she would buy paracetamol and drugs for him and she would be like i'm going to beat you you fall sick i'll treat you if you miss baby again we'll go back (laughs) i'll beat you and then my youngest brother edwin Edwin, you don't have to beat him. Just tell him I'm very disappointed in you. <laughs> he will cry his eyes out. Like he's mm-hmm. that one child that you don't even have to raise a finger. Just tell him, after all I've gone through for you, <laughs> after I've suffered, oh, he'll start begging. Please, I'm sorry. <laughs> but it depends on the child, basically. But I also wanted to touch on um trauma. Do you think that like for example, have you ever seen your parents like argue and did that ever put fear in you? Or have you ever been in a situation where in your family maybe something happened and you haven't seen your parents scared the way they were? Does that make sense? Like you see your parents in a certain situation. For example, me, I have seen I saw my dad cry one time and I've never seen my dad cry before. So I saw him cry and I was like this has to be really bad what is going on something is off and it made me scared got me really scared because i never thought that men cried and seeing him cry touched me and made me feel like i wasn't safe anymore if he was weak i was weak that kind of expression so i felt that and i don't know if any of you have been in that kind of situation before 
Does that question make sense? A little bit. I mean, even if we're taking it in our own directions, like for me, I would say, I don't know about trauma um, in the sense, and maybe that's from the over African, you know, there's no such thing as depression. There's no such thing mm. as this, you know. So when you hear certain kind of words, you're like, ah, not my portion, God. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> such an old delete. <laughs> so, so, I mean, uh. like, if you would say like okay in that direction i think there are two possible ways i could take it one being i used to have this like you know you build up your mind like oh if this situation ever comes like this this is what i'm gonna do mm -hmm. and this is how i'm gonna act so i've always looked at it like okay if there's some kind of argument that i either get into with somebody that's really deep or say parents or family something like that one thing i've always fantasized and dreamed about was like you know you take the car keys you're able to drive you storm out you drive somewhere and that kind of thing like that mm. don't call me don't answer you know i won't answer all these kind of things so there was a time and there have been sometimes but i think there was this one time that was a little bit different all of us were older i don't know maybe i was 17 at the time or so and my parents had talked about this before, but they're obviously from that older generation. So mm -hmm. my, as my mom would say, they know how to endure. But this time it actually seemed as if they're actually teetering on the edge of like divorce and everything. And they had kind of, we had like a family fight and stuff like that, but it's not us fighting, it's them and mm -hmm. us trying to be referees. And um, it, all of us kind of got that vibe like, we're not sure this thing will come like it you know our dad is already talking about where he's gonna rent his own apartment how he's gonna conduct his life do this other stuff my mom's already looking at her own side and how they're trying to set and we're like oh wow like this one is a little bit different yeah so you know i, I took the car keys and it's perfect it's at night the perfect time i love freeway driving went to the freeway you drive 100 you drive 120 and i felt like this is pointless like i'm not doing anything like it's just not giving me that feeling that I want. So I was like, I beg, let me go home and we'll see what, <laughs> whatever they want to do, we'll see what happens, but we'll try and be there for them. But um, it's kind of, like I said, it kind of goes back towards that relationship of having that profound relationship and continually, obviously we're not going in that direction, but if yeah. you have your spouse or the person that you're with continually dating them and being invested in them and so that that doesn't lead towards like this neglect or feeling of neglect 10, 15, 20 years down the line in the marriage yeah. uh, where, you know, it's like, okay, you don't have time for me before, or even the small things, a lot of things that even my uh, mom would say, other people's moms would say, ironically of the same generation, all I want is thank you. We know these gender roles are there, but it's like the expectation, but uh, I do this, I do this, I do this, and there's never any ounce of gratitude of, mm -hmm. uh, you know, my wife, thank you. Or this food actually tastes good. It's always, oh, there's too much salt. Oh, too much of this. Or, yeah. you know, for somebody that doesn't even know how to cook. <laughs> <laughs> it's too, it's how do you know there's too much salt? <laughs> it's, that, it's that kind of thing. So there's that aspect. And then I guess the other aspect of the trauma, I would say, is more of... I want to call it thick skin and that's how it's hard to break it down and and whatever but my parents and my parents my dad was part of it my brothers having older brothers and being the youngest brother uh, i was the person that was picked on a lot and i was the person that once you cry my older media older brother would cry more than me growing up but then he kind of stopped um but for me they would pick on me and then i start to cry and once they saw me start to cry then it's like everybody hammered down on so they'd be like, ah, oh, this is how you're crying. Like, don't marry an older woman. Uh, oh <laughs> oh, this, this is how your wife will be beating you. Uh, don't this and this and that. And then my uncle, everybody just join in. And it's like, you experience that enough that you cry and you cry yourself to sleep. Or you, and it's just like, okay. And I thank God for that because it made me have a thicker skin. But it, it works in a negative way sometimes too. That, yeah. you know, somebody dies now and it's just like, it happens. You don't feel it. Like somebody that you know, you know it happens. Well, I but, don't think I'm there yet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm there In yet. certain situations, it can be like yeah. that. I mean, you never know. Or, you know, even I think another part that it helps mm -hmm. helps and hurts, it depends, is like for me, I I like being vulnerable with people. Yeah. But you got to be vulnerable first. And whatever energy you match, I'll match it. If you want superficial, I'll give you superficial. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not just going to come open. You don't tell me your business. I don't tell you my business. Yeah. That kind of thing. But it comes from somewhere. True. You want me to go or you want to go? Uh, you can go. <laughs> um, For me, I'd say, aside from... I feel like the one time that I thought it was twice, but there were times where I thought that my parents would, like, separate as well. And I was like okay so mommy do you get to marry somebody else do i get to have a new dad like i really didn't understand the concept all i know was that my mom is and always will be a body and there are always like no for real and my dad also knows this there are always guys who are like oh yeah please bring the kids they call i have my mom has someone who calls me his supposed daughter so if yeah it's weird but i'm like well, i know this is my biological dad but i know i have other dads too you know but um i thank god for the mom that i have because she we didn't really have a good relationship when i was growing up but now that i'm older we have a very good relationship and i'm glad for that i'm glad that she's a godly woman and i'm glad that that god has used her to help me because if she had continued the way she did when i was younger with the whole um, beaten and all i don't think would have been close i don't even think i'd be the person that i am today but i'm glad that i feel like god revealed certain things to her and she was able to impact that on us because growing up i really didn't see my dad a lot i saw him but he would work and then sometimes work would take him away from us and it was just me and my mom and at a point i feel like i was forced to start talking to her and start opening up to her because i didn't i i grew up in a way that you don't trust people except except they give you a reason to trust them and then i think when i was nine yes when i was nine ten i lost my youngest brother arnold and when arnold died i was one who was always carrying him changing his diapers like it was because of him my dad was like i'm sending you to boarding school because your mom is enslaving you right so when he died I, i remember i came back from school i was going into the house um parents my parents were not home so i know where we used to like keep the keys i took the key opened the door you know made food for me and my brother and then next thing i knew i went to the daycare to pick my younger brother arnold and he wasn't there the proprietor said he my parents came to pick him up so i'm at home waiting for my parents to come back and then i see my mom's best friend walk she's holding my mom then i see my dad and his best friend and I was like, and my mom is crying. She's wailing. And I see my dad telling her, stop crying. You have to, the kids are home. So I see that and I'm like, the first thing that comes to mind is somebody's dead. And I was nine, ten. I was ten years old. Was, so, the first thing that came to mind was somebody's dead. And then I was like, go for it, go for it. I reject it in Jesus' name. And then my mom comes in and she can't hold it. She's crying. She's wailing. She's shouting his name. And then my mind just tells me, I know this gone. And it was weird because he was not sick. So I sent my younger brother Victor. I'm like, go and meet mommy and ask her what's wrong. So he goes to meet her and he's like, Mommy, what's wrong? But she doesn't say anything. I send my other brother. I said, Go and ask mommy where is Arnold. And then he goes and he's like, Ah mommy, where is Arnold? The tears become worse. I'm like, Yeah, he's gone. I was like, okay. I didn't cry or nothing. The next day was when it dawned on me that I would never see my brother again. And then I was like so he can't come back like that i think that was the point where i started having a relationship with my mom because then i saw her at her lowest points i'd never seen her at her lowest point before my mom is always like strong and stuff but that was the point where i saw her at her lowest and i think that was where the relationship started <clears throat> excuse me and then i've always had a close relationship with my dad right from when i was a kid i don't know i've always we've always been cool even if we don't talk we're just cool i don't know what it is but my mom's my mom and i it started out rough but then it began to smoothen out and i don't know how but i just know that she has made a huge impact in my life and there is nothing that there's nothing that anybody can say nobody can threaten me with the whole oh i'm going to tell your mom your mom doesn't know you're doing this oh she already knows she knew before anyone else knew so I'm just glad about where I am with her relationship-wise, and I hope to build that with my dad now that I'm older, if that makes sense. But why would you say you don't have that with your dad? 
because i had that with my dad when i was younger but then when i hit adolescence <laughs> now that i said okay when i started like when i was 13 above he wasn't around as much he always go to work and then you know i start seeing my period he does he can't help out with that i think that was what also made me and my mom closer because i started seeing my period when i was like 10 years old and the first time i saw it i was like oh my gosh i'm now a woman and then i remember that day my mom traveled she was not even she was not in the country she traveled down she was coming back that day and so i saw it and i went to show my own this to my dad and i was like that is here i'm not a woman my dad panicked he was so scared he was like where is the blood from? <laughs> <laughs> he was so scared i was like oh no daddy they taught us in school this means that i'm not a woman and then he was like he called my mom and she was like oh she's about to board her flights come back to nigeria <laughs> he said please sorry <laughs> so he came back to me and she i think she told him to buy um you know the pad and all so my dad goes out he buys this big box of pads and he doesn't know how to fix it on my undies so we're here trying to fix it for hours and my mom came back later that night and you know she helped me fix it and i had to have a relationship with her when i got to that point and then the whole um cramps started i'd cry my dad would sit down and be looking at me like ah is it this bad hey what can we give her then my mom would be like mm, it's normal did you get so out <laughs> i think those those all this ladylike stuff made me get close to my mom and then it kind of pulled me away from my dad because like I think for, for from a girl's perspective, the first time a guy asked me out ever, I was like 10 years old. So I called my mom. I was in boarding school and I called my mom, my guardian's phone. And I was like, mommy, this boy just asked me to be his girlfriend. And I don't know what that means. And I started crying because I was scared that she would whoop the shit out of me for a boy asking me out. And she was like, oh, no, 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 no. He's a boy and he wants you to be his girlfriend. So you are a girl that is his friend. Girlfriend. You don't have to be scared. I was like, oh, is that it? She was like, yeah. And now that I'm talking about it, I was so innocent and so stupid. And so she was like, just don't allow him to touch your hand when you're seeing your period. Because when he touches your hand, you get pregnant. If you sit on his chair when you're seeing your period, you get pregnant. So when I'm seeing my period and I'm talking to my boyfriend at the time, if I'm seeing my period, he comes close to me. I'm like, don't. No near me. Don't try it. <laughs> <laughs> but all these things started making me have like a good relationship with my mom. And now that I look back, I'll call her and be like, why did you say that to me? I sounded really stupid. She's like, it's good. <laughs> it was good for you. But I feel like I've been talking about myself too. No, it's, it's, okay. it's beautiful. Honestly, <laughs> you guys have way more interesting stories than you all look. Um, but thank you for sharing the story about your brother. I would have never known that you lost siblings. And, mm-hmm. and that puts perspective into my mind about you. And well, for me, my parents, how old? My parents have been married for 20, this is 2023, so 24 years now. Oh, okay. And I think their marriage is, is, to me, it's kind of young. But, you know, I know people divorce earlier, but mm-hmm. I still feel like in the broad scheme, the true test of marriage should be like let's see when the firstborn is 30 years old or something like that um but for me my parents have never fought because my dad loves my mom capital l-o-v-e so <laughs> loves her so much and um and you, we can always see that so we've always we always know that dad loves mom that's his soft spot and also growing up i use that to my advantage because if i want to get anything from them i know that if i don't get it from him i can go through mom because he loves mom so they've never had should they've had disagreements on what to do, how to do things. But I've never seen them at the point where they want to divorce. That's like that's like the last thing on, on their minds and the last time I like the time I saw them fight was just like, you know, um my dad doing something that she didn't like, so she won't pick his call. But she'll still come back home and, and look at him. But like she might not talk to him for a few days, but it's never that they want to separate so i never so when i hear them fighting that's it's never my mind that i would have another father because mm-hmm. you know my mom my dad loves her so much that you know he is willing to compromise everything just to make her feel comfortable and she loves him too um so yeah it's it's yeah it's that's i, I feel like to, yeah. sometimes parents will not 
argue or do certain things in front I of I was going to say, I was like, are you yeah, sure that it's just that... Because like, my dad and my mom, won't, they've never fought in our presence. But I think the older you get, you can sense that, you mm-hmm. can sense the tension. I know, like, now that I'm older, my, yeah. dad, my dad would call me to report her. Like, you know, like, like let's say she travels now and he doesn't like when she travels. He wants her to be at home with the with us mm-hmm. so when she travels and you know i'm the u.s he would he would now call me out of the blue moon because he doesn't even call me he's always <laughs> working and now come like you know talk to your mom i don't want her traveling to to this country or this state mm-hmm. i want her to be here with me and that's like now that i'm older he's willing to tell me what he doesn't yeah. like that she's doing but you know you're right when when i was younger he wouldn't do that do i feel like me i personally i was put on the spotlight i don't know why but i remember i think i was 16 i just finished secondary school and my mom and dad had, a, had an argument i didn't hear them but my mom called me i was like this is what your father did as a 16 year old does it make sense and then i was like as a 16 year old i'm not supposed to be in the conversation but I feel like, un- unknown to my parents, they made me mature. They didn't know that they were doing that, but my parents feel like whenever there's an argument or whatever misunderstanding in the house, an outsider should not be involved. If anything, let's talk about it as a family. As long as the kids are up to a certain age, you know. So they would talk to me and they'll be like, Mama, what do you think? And then at the time, I would tell them my honest opinion. And then my dad would be like, You see? That's your daughter. So I feel like I was put on the spot, like, not for a long period of time, but enough for me to be like, okay, mom, you shouldn't be doing this. Daddy, this is wrong. You, you should know this by now, respectfully. Like, and I feel like that has also helped me grow with them and have a, like, like a good relationship with them. For example, now, if I'm seeing someone now, I'm not going to call my dad and say I'm seeing someone. It's my mom that is going to know about it. It's my mom that is going to know. That this person has a chance and this person has no chance at all but my dad i don't talk so the thing with my dad is ever since i started growing older instead of talking to me to have a conversation with me he'll call my mom and be like how is my brother doing does she have any boyfriend what's going on in her life i'm like why can't he call me and ask me that so i don't know why because you guys don't have the freedom you get so it's like the same with my dad to me i'm mm-hmm. closest to my mom and my dad and I, I think there are a number of reasons, par- partly because of the way in their arguments and stuff like that, his own approach. He's more, obviously, traditional African woman. My mom will be the loud one and my dad will be quiet mm-hmm. um, or, you know, more quiet. And, you know, um, but a lot of the times because I'm closer to her, I'll see things from her perspective or see the way that in a way she's being mistreated and see all, and because we share a lot of similarities. So my mom will be the one um, who's works all day and then still expected to cook when she comes back. You know, you just finished working 16 hours and it's like, we haven't eaten. (laughs) (laughs) So that kind of thing. So even when my mom would be out, I became now the, out of just, interest for myself that okay let's just actually um put some things together let me actually feed myself mm-hmm. out of that interest it's like ah so you know how to cook so what are we eating now <laughs> and my oldest brother and my other siblings will kind of put me in that something to say ah what are, what are we eating i see the fridge the freezer the pantry is there everybody go five for yourself they say no <laughs> what yeah. are we so because i see things more from her perspective mm-hmm. i become a lot closer to her and i still don't tell her everything like on demand yeah um, but it's just like she'll call she'll call she'll call and eventually she'll get this or she'll sense this she'll get the and the piece things together so my dad will go through her the same way because that pathway isn't there um mm. he can ask me directly and depending on how i'm feeling i'll tell him but just because that relationship isn't there that mm-hmm. as well the vulnerability my mom will tell me stuff that none of my other siblings know okay and my dad will kind of do that but not to the same extent mm-hmm. so there's more of that pathway there and i think it's just easier he may want to do it at times but he just doesn't know how that's going to come across and i feel like your dad may want to ask you but it's like uh maybe she won't no. i don't think he I wants think he to doesn't want to no 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 he doesn't want to know no no he wants to know but, but i think he does want to ask you because if he didn't want to know at all he wouldn't ask your mom no he wants to know he's actually very interested mm-hmm. but i feel like the older i got the more i grew up grew like yeah, yeah. Apart so if you were if him. you were younger when mm-hmm. the relationship was stronger do you think your dad would ask you instead of asking your mom 
yes in the context of that relationship in that at the time yes yeah. because that time like i said i didn't know my mom was my mom mm-hmm. i used to think she was my stepmom and i used to tell her now and she would laugh about it yeah. but i think i would tell him because at the time the relationship i had with my dad when i was like nine years below he'll go to work he'll come back he'll take a shower he'll say mama come and brush my hair i'll brush his hair I'll rub cream on his on his legs, his hand. He, that's how close we were. Uh, and my dad is hairy, so I'll brush the hair on his head, his hand, his chest. And then one time, I don't know if you guys know Damatol hair cream. It's for dandruff. Mm. So it's very, it has a lot of peppermint in it. And then I rubbed it on my dad's hand and his legs because I thought since there are ha- there's hair on his body, <laughs> it will help. And then my dad was sleeping. I rubbed it on his face. He jumped up, ran to the bathroom. Said, "This girl has killed me. <laughs> this girl has killed me." But that was how close we were. And then my mom used to tell me to this day that whenever she went out with me, people would be like, "Oh, fine girl, you look like your mom." And I'll say, "Oh no, I look like my dad, please." She said I said that till I was like seven, and I don't remember any of that. So when she tells me, I'm like, "So I really had a good relationship with my dad." But I think the older I got, the more he. I don't know what happened. There's just, there's just that separation, but I feel like he would want to not only know those things, but ask you. Mm-hmm. But it's now because he's older, you're older. The pathway to get into that point is I've not that caught, clear. Yeah, and it's how to restore that. And depending on also the generation they came from, how mm. well they're able to. I tell my parents they can talk to each other, but their communication skills is not very very good oh so it's the same and i think of a lot of people's communication skills are not very good like actually heart to heart i hear you not like okay you're just yelling and i'm just looking at you (laughs) i I hear you we don't even need Mm -hmm. to get to that point Mm -hmm. and i feel like if he knew the way back to communicating with you to building back that he would ask you directly Uh, my dad is old school my mom had to learn how to be like new school it's something that she sought out if not she would have been the way he was mm. what well, year is your dad my dad till today claims that he's 45 what do you mean claims he <laughs> refuses to accept that he's above 50. what does his age his birth certificate he's, say he, i don't even know if he has birth certificate <laughs> but i know he was born in um he said during world war two after world war two, was it the civil civil war in nigeria he was a baby i don't know what year that was but he was a baby and like biafra war yes during the biafra war he was already born but he was a baby but my mom is 1973 but so he's saying that like he doesn't know her he knows and he doesn't want to tell he doesn't know his age he said he doesn't know oh, the year okay. he was born but he knows that he was born during a civil war in nigeria yeah interesting but he was a baby but um moving on from my own parents talk and all um how do you think you will be with your kids do you think you have a better relationship with your kids or do you feel like some parts of the things that you learned from your parents will be implemented or you'd you'd figure something out by yourself i think it kind of depends because all of us one of the things we have especially here in the western society is this thirst for independence and career aspirations and to get to the level that you know we all are referring to in terms of the relationship and the quality of the relationship with our children you have to make some kind of sacrifice there Mm. You, you here you know we can we have so many examples but i mean you can be so successful but like my mom will say do you want to be the one raising the kid or do you want to have somebody else raising the kid for you daycare is brilliant and all but at the end of the day if we want to be real that's somebody else raising your kid for you yeah and you can't really be upset with how the kid turns out because you weren't there to instill and make these corrections as time was going on and to build that relationship with them Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like i have uh I always say, you you know, take the good from the culture and put your own spin on it and whatever um, to get what you want. I think I'd be a lot more close to my children, close to my spouse. But at the same time, it's kind of tricky because there's so much uh, career ambition that I also have. And it's like, where is that sacrifice going to look like? What's that going to look like? How's that going to play out? I think that also depends on the partner your partner exactly and and their own because now okay so you have independent women of today 
if she's is this this person because typically when we say okay who's going to be there's stay at home thing, uh, dad is a thing but when we say somebody who's going to stay at home with the kids there's generally an answer to that so i sorry to cut you Go short but i have i've had this conversation with my brother before and i keep saying that when i and my partner eventually get married and all i don't have a partner right now but when i and my partner eventually get married when i start having kids i feel like it's okay for my partner to give his 100 percent by going to work and i'll give my 100 percent by staying back with the kids because i don't want anybody to bring up my kids for me i want to raise my kids the way i want them to grow in the way of the lord and all of that stuff and at least like two years old and i'm not saying i won't be working i can be working from home or doing you know petty stuff from the house but i want to dedicate a huge amount of my time with them and then when i start going back to work and they start going to school my husband can now take out time to stay with them while me i can now start working full time i feel like there can be a balance mm-hmm. but i f- i also believe that there is no there's nothing like 50 50 not just financially in life generally with your partner there's nothing like 50 50 because there will be times when i'll be giving 100 and he's not giving anything at all not because he doesn't want to but because of whatever situation would be in and there'll be times when he can give 100 and i won't be able to give 100 mm-hmm. and there'll be times when he can give 90 i can i can give 10 like it just depends it just depends and it also depends on how we handle the situation if there's an understanding mm-hmm. that's how i see it so like has somebody like argued with you on that point where you, you shouldn't be at home with your kids or like and then i don't even stop so when i'm having a conversation with somebody and i start hearing the things you say i know from there if i want to keep talking to this person or about not about that conversation because it's not. pointless yeah. arguing with somebody that doesn't see things the way i do and i'm not saying that i can have conversations with people that see things differently but if you cannot understand what i'm talking about the importance of first of all i ask what do you believe in or oh, you believe in this good for you <laughs> moving on i'm not going to stress myself because i ha- you have a lot of girls being like oh i don't want to be like a stay-at-home mom i don't want to do i want to be working i want to be independent in as much as i love all of that i grew up in a in a society where the man is the provider and the woman is the one that stays at home but then there was a balance for me in the sense that I was I grew up in that society, but in my home, my family, my dad believed that women must go to school. Mm-hmm. It was my mom that was even like, my friend go and learn how to cook. So there was a balance for me because society was like, you have to learn how to cook and do this. My dad was like, yeah, cooking is, you figure it out. But school, oh, it's primary. You have to learn that. So that's where the balance is for me. So when I hear, especially women being like, Oh, I want to do the. Oh, yeah, that's good for you. But me personally, I want to have that relationship with my kids, especially with the way the world is now. It's mm-hmm. a terrible place. Mm-hmm. Well, how many kids are you looking to have? I used to think I wanted five, but now that I'm older, I want to have three max. Why? <sighs> because I want to have all my kids naturally, natural birth. I don't want. My I told you you have them naturally with just three. Like I know someone that had a C-section, her first one. No, why are you even saying it like that? I thought you. I saying that. Living God, dude. <laughs> oh, why, why are you saying <laughs> it like no, that? She should say her grandmother had twelve naturally. That's what you should be saying. <laughs> there's no crime. <laughs> I mean, there's no crime, but I. It's some. I've already told God about this. It's in my prayer bank. I don't want to have. Um, I don't want my body to be torn open okay for the baby for the baby okay i will i will deliver like the hebrew women does that make sense yeah yeah like i believe that women can still give birth naturally no they do it will be tough and all Mm -hmm. but i'm like father i'll give her like the wait wait, but you're saying still with the epidural and everything well if i have to yeah but you're not even planning to do that one i mean if i if if the doctor is like oh you'll need an epidural i'm like okay yeah fine as long as there's no tear because all that scars, they, like my okay, for example, my mom had when my mom had my older brother, it was a C-section, and that was her first baby ever. After that baby, the doctor says all her kids will have to be C-section because she started with C-section. Oh yeah, so everybody else went. But this is where I serve a living God comes in because after my older brother, me to my youngest brother who even died, it has all been normal births. My mom never got C-section again. 
and if god can do that for my mom oh he can do that for me too lucky so yeah and the funny thing was even when she had that c-section with my older brother the stuff they used to sew you back up they left the rope in her tummy and they didn't know that rope was there my mom used that rope to give birth to me victor edwin and arnold just after arnold's birth a few years later they noticed that there was something in her tummy and then she had an operation and then they brought it out and they're like oh this rope was this looks like something that they used to sew you up and she used that in her tummy to give birth carry kids normal and have us normal births and the, i remember a doctor that took that rope out was like this would have killed a lot of women you can't carry kids with strange objects but i've seen how god has worked for my mom in different ways and i'm like if you can do it for my mom oh best believe he's doing more for me so yeah <laughs> you're really passionate about that aspect <laughs> oh i am your faith is small pastor derek <laughs> no it's not necessarily small it's more like it's more like you know you can't really tell until you get to that point yeah i i get what you mean i see what you mean but i'm also like there is nothing god cannot do because you saying that i understand when you say you have to get to that point you have to get to that bridge before you cross it but then that's also you being like doubting god and all i see what you're saying you're you're scared about it i'm not saying that there's nothing wrong with being scared but was that english correct yeah yeah you're fine okay <sighs> so wait what would you do if your partner wanted more kids when it were more kids like how many kids like five well if he has the money because it's not just about having the kids it's also about giving them a good education and all and i'm not just saying i don't have a lot of kids because of the whole c-section that is a reason another reason is are we able to afford this for them i want to be able to send my kids to school the best schools I want them to be able to be comfortable, have a comfortable life. So if we are not financially there, would it be wise to even bring them into the world? Does that make sense? Yeah. But yeah. It's definitely a modern day thinking because... Yeah. Mine is more, it's modern day and olden day. Well, I think because the olden day kind of thing, you needed many children because the children are actually... You give, like, we use it as joke now, okay? You give birth to the dishwasher, to the cleaner, to this one. But it was farming. So you need, mm. you know, the person that's actually going to farm. You need the person that's going to be cooking. You need this one. You need that. So the more hands you actually had, the better for you. I was thinking more of, like, you know, out of the 11 kids I have, one of them would be rich. <laughs> like a lottery card. That's the way I believe people <laughs> thought. And that's true. One of them would be a, do- a doctor. And then they would like, suffer like, now at the hands of the other 10. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty oh much. Yeah, so that's the way. I, and just for the one that's a doctor to abandon you in the village. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. You know? yeah. But I really enjoyed Did you guys enjoy this conversation? Yeah, it's good. Okay. So... I'm going to round us off because I'm getting sleepy. But anyways, thank you guys so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you for your patience because at first my laptop was messing up and I was getting really pissed. But then it got sorted out. Thank you guys so much. Um, Well, I hope we do this again. Talk about other topics because we, also, we actually wanted to talk about um, two topics today. But Uncle Tochuku was like, ah, I cannot be, I cannot indulge in such iniquity. <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like it's all over, like, podcast. Well, I, I, get, I get that. And it's, I don't it's listen cliche, to that. Yeah. It's cliche and the way it goes. I think you should definitely find someone that has settled down for, you know, someone. someone like a married couple, yeah. Like, no, no. Like, you can actually find someone that is in a relationship that you feel like they've settled down for their partner and interview them and see. Well, guys, I don't want, I don't want it to be like you're in the... You don't understand what I mean. So, I wanted to talk about relationship with parents and relationship with significant others today. But we had to cut it to just relationship with parents because Pastor Tuchuku was like... Girl, <laughs> I'll start calling I'm Pastor Mira, but I'm my just joking. Derek, who we'll would <laughs> But um, Derek, first of his kind, <laughs> Derek was like, No, let's just stick to one topic. And I understand his reasons, I'm not trying to call him out, but maybe some other time we'll find time to talk about relationships. I think it would be other. more um, interesting, like Tuchuku is talking about, of having not necessarily even a married couple, but having married couples is fine, but couples that are past dating. 
mm-hmm. like it's ones that even if they're dating they're like sure like okay yeah we'll actually be married and so that it's not just the um oh uh, yeah what do you oh i'd like a, a guy to do this or that or a girl to be doing this and that you know people that are actually or maybe even just older um because there's the the younger thoughts and minds like the way you're, you're just out mm. there you want to try things you want all these things but when you talk to older people it's the same with older women and older men they kind of know what they want and what they don't want and they'll be more frank with you be like oh, no yeah and like no you're not you're not to keep walking and um it'll be interesting to see their own perspective well that'll be interesting thank you guys so much for joining me today and please don't forget to um like um like share subscribe and let me know your thoughts let me know what you want me to talk about as well and i will do that i'm trying to release as as many episodes as possible before classes start so that you guys will be entertained but thank you guys so much god bless you thank you for having us mirabel thanks for having us okay bye